Hi, I'm Shania. And I'm Evita. You are listening to the 22nd episode of Making It Woman in Film. A podcast where we sit down with women working in the film and TV industry to talk about their journey, experiences, advice, and the importance of diversity in front and behind the camera. Today we are here with my new boss, casting agent Fiona Miller. Fiona works with GBM Casting and has casted shows for HBO, Netflix, BBC and much more. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very excited. Thank you very much for this invitation. It's useful to speak to young and upcoming talent like yourself to kind of really reflect back on not only our success, but how we can aid your success within the industry. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. So do you first want to talk a bit about how you found out you, you want to work in this industry and then when you found out that there was casting specifically you wanted to get into? So... I have a long and illustrious career in public sector, so working for local authorities, uh, working nationally um, from political organisations in the voluntary sector. And I knew absolutely nothing about TV till I met Mr Wright, who is Mr GBN Casting. And I started to go out with this bloke who had this extra agency and I was like, I had no idea what extras were. And then obviously we got married and Graham has, that business had always been in my, the background of my life and our relationship. Um, and that's how my understanding of TV started to work. So to cut a long story short, I had the opportunity to take redundancy um, from a council and I felt that was the right step for me. So I took it and Graham kept saying, please work with me, please work with me. And I was like, can't, can't, can't live and love and work together. And he's like, no, no, come on. So uh, we, he took me on and uh, it just started to flourish there. I think the key point I'm trying to make is that I brought or had developed a set of skills um, from working in a variety of different organisations that weren't TV and film, which I could then transfer into the uh, casting world and bring a different focus for the organisation. So my job is about business development. I um, work alongside Graham and so as well as doing business development, I, we also have to make sure that our customers and our core business is our priority. And that's how I got involved in casting was really to support the family business. But because we're getting bigger and better, we all need to step up and cast. And that has been a very interesting learning process for me um, in terms of my own understanding, my own, you know, personal feelings, and also some of the work that I've done. So, yeah. See, I think it's interesting, you know, because when we talk about careers, a lot of people, you know, um, connect that to having a certain degree, but there, you don't really have that for casting. It's a very different entry. So it's interesting to hear how you're going to that. Yeah, it is a very interesting. It's also. Um, if I think about it, if I go back to Graham um, had first gone out on set and he'd recognised that there wasn't proper representation for extras in Scotland and he set up GBN Casting and it's just grown and grown and grown. 
um, to the business that it was. That was 16 years ago. But our success and growth of the business is a reflection of the way the industry in Scotland has grown and grown and grown. Um, there's a whole big story there about, you know, where the industry is, and we can touch on that later. And um, for the people listening, um, if they didn't know what you did as a job, if they didn't know what a casting agent was, what would, how would you explain that to them? Like, what does your job entail? And what's the difference between a casting director and a casting agent? Yeah, yes. So um, what we do is we provide background talent to all the film, TV, productions that come into Scotland. So it doesn't matter if it's big or small or what it is, we provide that, what the term is moving scenery. So if you watch a piece of TV, you can't have just two actors, it doesn't look normal. You need people in cafes, you need people walking by, you know, you need people in a doctor's surgery. So we are asked by the assistant directors also known as second ADs to provide crowd. Now you mentioned we had done, um, or did, I don't know which way it is there. We had done HBO Succession and um, the big scene was up done in the v in Dundee. And we had, it was a big if, a charity event for the main character's birthday. Now you couldn't have just had the main five people in, in that birthday. So there was another 250 people in that scene that all had to be not only cast, but availability checked, put into costume, given a call time and managed. So our job is, so productions do pre-production, production, post-production, post and our job straddles pre-production and production. So once they have their briefs, once they have the script, once they've looked at locations, they can then decide what their moving scenery needs to be. And that's how the briefs are formed. So it could be general, it could be very specific. Um, it just depends. And our job is to make sure that we get the right people um, for that look, whether it's old or young, whether it's um, sporty or whatever. So our job is, so that's very, very different from a casting director's position, which a casting director is the one that does cast on behalf of the director for the main characters. So you have the main characters, then you have the kind of secondary characters, then you've got the other characters, and then you've got background. Mm. And there's a big debate now within the industry about the recognition that casting directors get. If you look at any credits, you'll see who directed it, who was the camera grip, who was this, but you very rarely see um, credits for casting directors and without good cast, you know, your, your production is nothing. So um, that hopefully is the difference. So they do the actors, we do the moving scenery. Can you just uh, walk us through like your day-to-day -day work and maybe yeah, like your preferable day on the job? What does that look like? So my preferable day in the job is that I would get to work about 10 o'clock. I would check my emails. Um, everybody that we had out that day had attended. We didn't have any call-offs or people missing in action that um, I would have my to-do list. And that to-do list would be a mixture of making sure that our customers had everything that they wanted 
um, and that also to look at the business development. What else do we need to do to make us be the best we possibly can? Whether that was doing a bit of work with young people, whether that was checking our social media, making sure, checking in with Irene to see, you know, what's missing on our books, checking in with Graham to see, you know, what are you doing? So that would be a nice, maybe 10 to 11. Then about 11 o'clock, I would go onto the emails and check for any new briefings that had came in. So maybe an advert Visit Scotland we've just done recently. We're looking for some people. Um, I would then create those um, accounts and check out who we wanted. Um, then have my lunch. And then I would walk my dogs. And then I would come back into the office and check people's availability and send those off to our customers to say, here's a set of people that match the brief, who would you like to book? I would make a few phone calls, just checking in with my, some of my people, um, checking in that, you know, finding out what's coming down uh, the line in terms of the pipeline, what pr uh, productions are coming on board. If those productions are coming on board, do we have the right people for it? Um, I would be, um, what else would I do? About four o'clock, we then kind of do a, a group check-in to make sure that, because witching hour, we call it, which is five to seven is when the production call times start to come through for the next day. Um, and we would be checking to make sure that we're getting those through and that everybody's checked in for the next day. Um, I would probably start to finish off about six, seven o'clock, try to finish off um, and then go through, I work from home, so I'd have my dinner, and then I'd come back and do an, an a kind of additional hour of work, and then I would finish up for the day. That would be my perfect day. Wow, that is a lot of work. <laughs> but it doesn't go like that. It's chaotic, mm. reactive, and unfortunately, you know, our customers are up, when I talk about our customers, I talk about our ADs, about our account managers in the advertising agencies, and we have to work to their timescales, and often their customers are leaving decisions about cast, location, and financing to the very last, so often we don't have the luxury of time, we've got to cast there and then and get people in within the hour you know we've then perhaps if people have called off that morning you know some you know our days tends to start at seven o'clock in the morning when call time when people are supposed to be on set if people have gone missing in action or just not bothered to turn up we have to then find that out often more than less we have to replace those people so we are then spending from seven till ten o'clock trying to get a replacement onto set and that can be very stressful because being an extra is a really professional job. It's not just a kind of a fancy a day out on TV. You have been cast for a specific reason. You may have been fitted for a costume. Um, we spent, and, and you've been fitted for that. And then you may, the director may have decided he wants to do X, Y, and Z with the background. And all of a sudden that person doesn't turn up. So that's a massive reputational issue for us. So if you don't if you don't turn up, you know, you we will not work with you again because mm -hmm. we can't take that risk. You know, you're not if you've got a job in a hospital or you've got a job as a lawyer or you've got a job in a shop or driving a bus, 
you can't not turn up to work. So that applies for you know extra work as well. It's a professional job. We are a professional agency and call-offs are just totally unacceptable. It's a very stressful part of the job. I think this definitely sounds worth it of being uh, a bit high on the credits. Like that's work, you know? This yeah. Is not, I think a lot of people have the idea that extras just appear, but they don't. Like this very oh, clearly a, yeah. a very intensive job. Yeah, so if I talk about, we had um, the HBO um, job and that started probably two months before actually those people were out at the V&A in Dundee. And that started us with us doing a pop-up casting in Dundee. So we had to find a, a place that we could do the photo shoots. And I was at one of our photo shoots today. We had to get the word out there across Dundee that we were looking for local people. Um, we then had to get them all registered online. We then had to send them an invitation. We then had to get our photographer and ourselves and make sure that um, that date matched with when the AD could come because the AD had to be involved in casting so she could start to see the people coming through and saying, I like that person, I like that person, I like that person. So then we're clocking that to think, right, that's the look she's looking for. She's not looking for that. Um, we all then had to get everybody and you're talking two to three hundred people turning up at a casting so each of those people had to be briefed properly explained what the job is answer questions they then had to get their photographs taken those photographs are then loaded onto their profiles and then we leave we then have that set of people and then we've got to check their availability because the vna shoot was done overnight so you know um, and, and the schedule filming schedules move around all the time so it might have said it was Monday Tuesday Wednesday but you know then the director or, or I'm not sure then the schedules changes so we have to check reavailability and then the ADs then saying book them book them book them book them then maybe they've decided they don't want to do it so then you're backwards and forwards anyway so you get the picture. We then got the 250 people that we need. We all then need to ship them to Glasgow to be fitted for evening wear. So you're then organizing people onto buses who are then driven down to Glasgow, who are then fitted by the costume department. And if your measurements are not in your profile, they might have pulled out a 14 for you, but actually you're a 12. And then the men are away off to address higher service to get fitted for that. We then have to get them all up the road. Um, and then that's that's half the job. The next job is then starting to get the dates out. Some people drop out for, for, for reasons that are beyond the control, childcare, their work commitments, you know, some people come sick, that, that's okay. Um, and then once we've got everybody, um, we get the call times. Now for this job, Graham, he was on set for the four days. So you've got 400, no, 250 people arriving at the same time. And we have particularly technology, pop, we've got pop tech that allows us to check people in. So you've got four people in a, in a, a table checking 250 people in. And that's really important because we need to know you were there. And then maybe there's people late, so you're trying to find out where they are. People are, you know, don't, can't, can't find the car parking, you know, it goes on. And then we then need everybody to be checked in because that's a payment issue. 
one of the things is this is it's really important that people are paid and paid on time. So then once we've checked everybody in, they then go into a process of payroll so that they're paid. So there's some of the, it's quite interesting to reflect on just what we do. Yeah. I know, it's, it's good to see <laughs> all the different aspects that go into your job. Cause I feel like if we Googled that, we wouldn't get half of the things that you just said. So to hear it from an actual professional, I think it's the best way to mm-hmm. what, learn about all the different roles. Um, Absolutely. And I have um, about um, two, three years ago, I gave evidence at um, the Scottish Parliament Committee who were looking into the screen industries. And part of that came out that I had met with Screen Scot, not Screen Scotland, I met with Skills Development Scotland to talk about, you know, how young people would find out about TV and film, how you find out about being an extra because it's really good paid work, um, and how you how you find about being in, in the world of casting. And there is a, a dearth, and there is a real discussion, certainly in Scotland, about how we succession plan and how we bring young people into the industry. And um, to move on to a subject we're both passionate about, um, this podcast is all about representation and I've spoke with you previously about representation within casting. Um, So my question to you is, through your years working as a casting agent, have you seen a change in the demand um, for representation and diversity in films, TV shows? Absolutely. Um, I don't know if I can put a time frame on that, um, but certainly um, one of the things that I think is sums it up is the fact that Scotland is now producing globally distributed film, TV mm-hmm. adverts, and therefore we must represent the global audience that we're working or will be viewing our our um, our productions. And that means, I mean, also the demographics across the UK have changed over the last fifteen and sixteen years, and we're um, we have to keep a real eye on what those demographics are. So, for example. Um, there's been a real increase in mixed race couples um, and you know therefore we have to have that reflected in our books. The productions that we work with are very clear about the requirement for diversity. Now we cast blind in everything that we do so when we're asked for whatever it is it's whoever's available goes in front of the director. It's never, um, we never pick and choose so therefore, regardless of your ethnicity, regardless of your age, regardless of your gender, we just put the people who are available that fit that brief in front of the casting director. So that, that you know, what we have had to do to enable us to do that and make sure that not only are we casting blind, but part of that is making sure diversity is, is part of our, our, our books is we've had to go out and I spent quite a lot of time over the last two years trying to connect with a number of communities in Scotland and that has really to try and get the word out there. I'm not sure that people recognise themselves on the TV and we have to encourage people to come forward for that. 
Um, so we're getting there, but we need to do more work on that, uh, particularly around the older ages of people from um, particularly the Indian, Pakistani, any of the African or Caribbean communities. We need older people, but I've definitely seen an increase in younger people coming through from the different communities, and that's brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's what we've been talking about a lot is, um, you know, when, when people say, oh, we just can find them, it's usually because they haven't gone out to look, but it's so great to hear that you are doing that work. Um, I'm interested in more also uh, about, you know, uh, getting, hiring older people, uh, because that's a huge thing that we see in statistics, especially for women, once they hit 40, uh, like, you know, their roles just go down and down and down. How do you see that yeah. with casting? I was kind of thinking about that. I think that definitely applies for main characters and I don't have the experience in that. Yeah. But I do know that certainly within the um, background is that we have to, which is reflective of society. And we do have a lot of calls for older people um, maybe that's adverts or maybe that's just so it, it's not it's not as applicable to background extras as perhaps it is to those who are in the kind of more major roles definitely mm -hmm. yeah. uh, it, it it just depends I mean we have to be careful as well about who we put out because if you're going to stand in a field for 12 hours and you're yeah. you know you've got to be fit and able to do that as well um but um, there is certainly, you know, some, this is really, yeah, there is really certainly about making sure, yes, this is something we talked about, is that we need everybody to be an extra, you know, we need from the contemporary look right through to just people who, you know, don't recognise themselves as it. Um, I, I don't know if we can say, talk about the beautiful people, but yes, mm -hmm. we need beautiful people and models. But we also need people who have got um, what I would term as a very paired back look because we do a lot of period dramas in Scotland. We do Outlander and you can't be on Outlander with that contemporary look with your hair coloured or perhaps um, your eyebrows a certain way or, you know, nail varnish or um, the kind of false nails. Those are absolutely mm -hmm. no go um, for period drama. So, um and it, that's pretty tricky because I think people who are attracted to the type of work tend to have that more contemporary look. And we need to, to, to encourage people who don't have that to come on board as well. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So with casting, what does the team around you look like? Uh, and what has your experience, uh, maybe especially with female representation, look like in the productions that you've worked with? Um, the team that we have is we've got Graham who leads us. He yeah. as uh, and he does a lot of the kind of front facing. Um, making sure that we keep the stronger working relationships that we have. We have Irene on board who, um, she's got a good title of director of everything. She gets involved in a bit of everything, but her main role is really casting. And then there's myself who uh, does a lot of the business development stuff, trying to be as creative and crazy as we possibly can just to 
make sure that we're using every avenue and challenge op a channel open to us to make sure that people come on in and get signed up and get paid work. Um, and then we've just invited Shania to work with us. So looking forward to seeing what that brings, um, working together. Mm -hmm. uh, so the female representation thing is, I, I don't, because I, I'm not a casting director. Yeah the pressures I'm not under. It depends on the look of the production, depends on the type of people that they'll use. Mm -hmm. What about yeah. with the, like the second IDs that you speak to and the movie production companies that you speak to, when you speak to these companies, is it mostly men you speak to or is, it, is the woman representation good there in that is, area? I would say that there's more, female ADs and there is male ADs. Really? And they are, you know, one of the ADs that we work with, who's the big crowd AD in Scotland, uh, Catherine Kennedy, KK, she's known as, she's a female. Um, mm -hmm. So there is definitely that representation within ADs. I, I, I think we'd probably have to, that's just a very small microcosm of what's happening in Scotland, but certainly we do work with more female ADs than males. Mm. Interesting, interesting. Well, that's great. And um, for young people trying to get in the industry, especially now during COVID, mm -hmm. um, which makes it a lot harder to maybe gain experience yes. in the industry, what advice would you give them? That's a, yeah, what advice? It's, how how could they yeah, it's definitely see the problem is is i'm going to say you need it's about networking is mm -hmm. it's about who you connect with but i also think and I've, I've, i'll say this all the time is we need in scotland to stop sitting waiting on people to give us things to do, to Netflix arrive, HBO to arrive, the BBC to give us something. There is incredible talent, whether that's writing talent, that's um, acting talent, musicians. And, and I think if you start to create your own content, that will then generate in itself energy. And I think that's a, a really good way of, of showcasing your own talent. Um, there's also the kind of practical elements of it. If you want to become an actor, the casting directors are very clear that you need to have proper training. Now, I'm not an expert in the courses on that, so you need to really think about, you know, where you're, as part of the course, you're going to be showcased and, um, and where casting directors will see you. If you're interested in kind of behind the camera type work, um, Again, that I don't know. I don't know enough about it. What I do know is that from front of camera, Scotland needs the young people to start generating their own content mm -hmm. and putting that onto YouTube or whatever channels it is to say, look, we've done this. Because what I do know from whenever I've met production companies is they don't. They haven't got enough good ideas. They're desperate for ideas. And if you can just showcase that, I mean, Annie Mensa, who um, used to work, she's now in Netflix. I think she was focused in the Vogue 
um, a couple of months ago and it said, give me all your content, give me your craziest ideas. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, so just in summary, there's two things. There's the networking and there's the practical skills of it and, and, and accepting that it, you kind of have to work your way up. But there's also about how you generate your own opportunities and the fact that Scotland has to stop waiting and sitting and thinking any minute now somebody's going to give me some content. Um, I think that there's a real opportunity for people to start showcasing their thoughts and ideas. Yeah, 100%. Now, what about people? Because you mentioned that being an extra is kind of a career, which I don't think a lot of people actually know. But what is some advice that you would give to, you know, uh, people who want to, you know, become an extra? That's a great question. So first of all, you need to be registered with us and you can register on our website, uh, gbmcasting.co.uk. And that allows you to create a profile. And in that profile, the more information you have in your profile, the more we know about you. So what's really important is that we have an up-to-date photograph that, that looks like you. It's not got filters on it. You're wearing sunglasses or you're standing up the side of a mountain in a bikini. You know, that's about as useful. And you would be surprised the photographs we get in. And we need clear photographs with a plain background. Take them with your phone, that's fine, but you've got to look like yourself. The second thing is being clear about measurements. Measurements are really important. Um, if we cast you for any period drama and you're no, you've got no measurements in your profile, they'll not look at you. Because they it's really helpful for costume or it's really helpful for them to visage what height you are, you know, what dress size you are, what chest size you are, and how that interacts with the main cast. Um, so measurements, I think, as well, being, you know, available um, and responding. We always are sending out regular availability checks. Um, and if you're not answering them, then... You're not, we, we just assume that you're not interested. Um, but if you're available, you, we'll put you forward for all the jobs. I think at this moment in time, having your own transport is useful because often the big productions are filming in, in very difficult locations to get to. So when we did Princess Switch and Switched Again, they were very rural settings, which public transport's not serving. Mm. Um, I think us knowing about your skills as well, you know, do you ride a, bi ride a bike, do you swim, do you sing, do, what languages do you speak, um, that's also very useful because we get asked for that kind of thing all the time, you know, if you see people driving past on a bike, it's because we know you're competent on a bike, um, and, you know, also if you've got a dog, sometimes we cast for people with dogs or dog walkers, um, just everything. So your online profile really allows us to understand everything that you have. And then we can cast you for lots of roles. But I would definitely say a clear colour photograph in a plain background is really helpful. And your measurements is the second thing. That's great advice. Yeah. And with the industry in Scotland, I feel like when a lot of young people think of you know how do I get an industry they think of major cities like you said like London Liverpool so as a casting agent how can you talk a little about the industry in Scotland and what it has to offer because I feel like a lot of people 
don't really know about it, especially if they're not in Scotland. Yeah, I mean, there's in what Scotland has to offer is a wide variety of productions, big, small, um, and often unique. Um, there is also, you know, you've got Screen Scotland who offer a, a number of ways of funding you can use to, to um, and apprenticeships. You have the National TV and Film School in Scotland, which run a variety, variety of courses. And all of that is interconnected into the productions. Productions often have trainees that, you know, whether that's costume trainees or whether that's um, a group trainee or whether that's, um, I don't know, another role. In terms of certainly um, Scotland, there's a smaller amount of people that, you know, who are, uh, which allows you to have a better chance and be much and seen easier as well, because we are small. Scotland has so much to offer because you're not traveling for miles to get to, you've got a real central belt. I think, uh, you know, it's important to hear it from professionals. Um, for people listening though, I would also encourage a lot of people to look at broadcasts. A lot of them have traineeships um, yeah. where you can go to, I know Channel 4 has them, BBC has their writer's room, their deadline is coming up here in January where you can submit a pilot, a 30 page pilot script um, to be, to maybe be part of the BBC yeah. uh, Scottish Voices and a lot of broadcasts, if you go to them, they will have different apprenticeships and different programs where they're looking for new talent a new creative so you also do have to search for it and then also just you know create your own stuff as you said you know whether that's youtube tiktok twitter um find a platform where you can distribute yourself uh not distribute yourself that sounds wrong but i mean distribute your content absolutely yeah. right the scottish ta um, talent film network you know they always as you quite rightly say yearly have you know funding for people to go out um it is definitely about networking. It's about, you know, being able to contact and we try to connect people and what, because we are so aware of this gap between finding the right people and finding, we have created, TBM Casting created the TV, uh, Scottish TV and Film Network for 18 to 25 year olds. And we ran three events in 2019 and they were very successful about uh, allowing people who are working in the industry to, to speak to young people and answer their questions Now that was supposed to be up and running in 2020 but you know I don't need to say any more but mm -hmm. that's something as we will be aiming to do in 2021 which is again get back to those network meetings but I think something that else that came out of those network meetings was that young people enjoyed an, a place to meet and talk yeah once you've left university or college you're not connecting with people as often so if people have a place to come and talk what we were hoping was something would would come from the network whether that was screenwriting whether that was content whether that was ideas and there was a lot of discussion between industry professionals and young people about how they could could get into those opportunities Mm -hmm. so it's definitely something that the, the industry is aware of and it's certainly something that the industry is trying to work at yeah now we always end every podcast uh with a question about women who inspire us now is there a woman in your life that you want to give a shout out to whether professional or personal um I would say that I am surrounded by the most amazing individuals. Um, 
um, there's in terms of of it's hard to name one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, always, always. Um, name one who would be. I want to say Irene, who I work with, you know, in terms of what she manages to achieve in her professional and personal life, in terms of being a mum to two boys and still managing to keep down a job and keep us sane in the office. Mm-hmm. I want to say, you know, Hillary Clinton for being absolutely amazing. I want to say uh, Madonna for just being so cool. <laughs> I want to say Anna Wintour for her seven minute meetings that, you know, she does and we use yeah. that model. I want to say uh, Joanne Armstrong, who is a huge influence on my life, who has been so successful in her own career um, in terms of music. Um, most women inspire me just by, you know, what they've achieved. Um, so I think that's my answer. Yeah, that's beautiful. I mean, Shania inspired me every every minute I spend with her today, you know. Oh, no, stop. Watching you her <laughs> and just watching that creative energy and just up for it, you know, and, and I am hugely supportive of women in the workplace you know I think we bring a certain something to it Mm -hmm. yeah I definitely (laughs) I you know straight away when I met you I knew you were you know you were lovely first of all but you know you're so supportive for me to come along who hasn't had any really real professional experience and you to actually listen to my ideas you know you don't really come across that often in this industry any other industry so thank you for actually you know i I, just think because gbm casting has been so successful that success now needs to be passed down to the people coming into the industry and if you can use gbm casting to springboard into whatever it is that you want to do use it you know i think um graham and i are very lucky um and we now need to pass that down going to see to next generation but I feel like I'm about 500 years old when I say that and I know how hard it is in this industry and I know how tough it is but the, we need to survive in Scotland with you know your creativity and emerging talent coming through and we need to make sure we grab it when it is if I had a little laboratory of lots of young people coming up with ridiculous crazy ideas I'm totally happy to go with it I have to make sure there's a sprinkling of blokes in there so didn't think I was too, you know, <laughs> siding with women all the time. Not interested in blokes. Uh, yeah. um, and um, another question we ask our guests is if you have any movie or TV show recommendations for our viewers. Oh, my God, where do I begin? Um, the Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yes. Then, oh, my God. Amazing the casting, the the placement of background in that, the lead Rachel Bronson. Rachel Bronson mm-hmm. is amazing. Um, I watched uh, Shit's Creek. I've done it twice, and I'll watch it all over again. And that's a perfect example of what Scotland should be doing. That was a really small acorn of an idea, Shit's Creek that they just decided to do a pilot of. For the first season kind of gave us, it was kind of pretty tricky and then it started to get better and better. 
and every, you know, that's the same with Breaking Bad. You know, that was a very small idea funded by a very small TV channel. And look at it. It was mm. a phenomenal piece of TV. I have to say the crown. The crown is, regardless of the content or how you feel about that family, the level and quality of production is out of this world. The script, the acting, um, what else? Oh, I watched The Joker this year as well with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh, I, I love that film. I've got goosebumps just talking about it. The color palette, oh, yes. the energy and the, the, the authenticity of that was, was out of this world. I mean, I've got goosebumps. Mm -hmm. You can't see or feel when this is a podcast. Um, what else have I been watching? I loved the BBC Normal People. Hashtag. Me too. I just finished that. I just finished <laughs> all the seasons in like one night. Uh, I never left, you know, hashtag Connor's chain, you know. <laughs> that was phenomenal. Again, that was filmed in Ireland. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, the production company was very brave and what a beautiful piece of filming. Um, what else? Uh, I have loads of things that I love and watch. Um, I'm fairly fascinated. My, is it Michaela Coel that did me? I destroyed Michaela Coel. Uh, Coel, I, yeah. I, I can't. I just just absorb uh, everything that she is doing. Fantastic. She's just done a, a podcast with Louis Thoreau on BBC mm, that I yeah. listened to. Um, and I, I also watched her on Chewing Gum as well, just to mm, yeah. um, try and understand that, just to try and, because she's kind of real emerging talent coming through. And, you know, and she was just in the Tower Hamlets and she went to school and then she wrote Chewing Gum. You know, so what we're seeing is that Shit's Creek was just a small thing. Breaking Bad was just a small thing. She came up with chewing gum and it, things were all commissioned and they just blossomed. Mm -hmm. Why are we not doing that in Scotland? Yeah, no, she's amazing. I like, for anyone who needs like any sort of inspiration, just look up any interview with her. Like, it's just, um, and watch I May Destroy You, watch Chewing Gum, fantastic pieces of television, of art. And it's like, she's so multi-talented as well, you know, directing, writing, acting, yeah. like it's fantastic. It's like such a one woman show and she just nails it every time. Yeah, and, and you know, why can't, why are we not doing that in Scotland? Mm -hmm. Why, you know, why are people not just doing that and then sending it out there? Um, I love talking about TV because TV is my homework, you know, I have to go and watch it. I've been watching a lot of um, Netflix just recently. Um, Shania, I'll tell you this, I'm a wee bit obsessed by hair at the moment. <laughs> hair is one of the big challenges in our life because, again, regardless of you're male or female, if you're too contemporary looking, it's very difficult to cast you. So low fades and peaky blinder cuts and all of that is very difficult so I've been trying to think about actually what kind of haircut we need on our books and how we communicate that as mm -hmm. well but I mean there's a fantastic tv out there uh, orange oh, yes. black oh um else you know I'll remember as soon as this podcast is finished <laughs> I mean I think you've given a lot of great ones I'm also totally on the tv train I uh, just started re-watching the dark crystal um mm -hmm. and so that's fully done with puppets 
uh, and it's fantastic. Like the art is amazing and the technology that they've used for it. It's so intriguing, encapsulating. You're just in this universe and it's incredible how they've achieved that. And I'm so sad that it got canceled, but it's I'm an incredible to... first season. And I think it's not only like fantasy that's great. It, it's also one of those that are really great for all ages. It's got something for everyone. And somebody will be freaked out by the puppets in, you know, the first, you know, episode because you're not used to seeing that. But when you get used to it and when you get into it, you're just going to be amazed by it. Yeah, and me dad would want to watch. I've just suddenly remembered we, Graham and I, watched Boardwalk Empire all five, is it five or six seasons of it? And we were trying to put that message out across that if Boardwalk Empire came to Scotland, could we do it? Because mm -hmm. the, the background in it is phenomenal. And if you imagine trying to get all those people into costumes, the importance of measurements, importance of your hair being, you know, natural and, and, and again, that kind of contemporary versus kind of more... I don't have a word for it normal. So Boardwalk Empire was absolutely superb. And I loved the casting in that because they cast the main character. He wasn't a beautiful person. You know, he was a very strong face. Um, Steve Buscani, I can't pronounce his name. And last but not least, Sex Education. Yes. Yes. I love that show. <laughs> what about you, Shania? What have you been uh, oh, up to? Oh, have you something oh, other than reality TV to give us? Oh, reality. Uh, yes. Well, I, like I said, TV. I watched. Um, That's killing uh, TV. Reality TV. I okay. I just. Sorry, I didn't mean to shame you. Go ahead. <laughs> no, before I came on this podcast, I was watching reality TV again, but I have been watching other things. I have. Um, so like I said, I, I just binge watch Normal People both the seasons because a lot of people have been speaking about it and I want I wanted to watch more British television anyway. Um, so that was amazing. I love that. I feel like British TV is always really raw compared to, you know, anything from Hollywood. So yeah. um, that I would definitely shout out. Um what else have I been watching? Um, lots of Christmas movies just to get in the festive mood. But what about you? Can I just butt in there and say, Shania, you've got quite a lot of homework to do because you've got Guilt to Watch, which is a BBC production that was hugely successful, hugely. Um, you've got Rillington Place to watch, which is another one. And you've got The Victim to watch. Now, you, just sorry if I... Uh, the Cry that was... Uh, commissioned by the BBC was done by Synchronicities Films, which is a Scottish-based production company, and it was massive, the cry. I would, you need to go and watch it. And the beauty of Synchronicity Films was it was all crew from Scotland, all talent from, or as much talent as they could, and um, all the background was from Scotland. Wow. So, you know, that was a massive deal that it was commissioned by the BBC, Synchronicity Film did that and they delivered that from Scotland mm -hmm. and it's been hugely successful as well. So the cry and guilt is your homework, ladies. Well, okay, that's what Yeah. I will watch that. <laughs> now, uh, to wrap this up, is there anything you want to plug or promote? Where can people find you, GBM? Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and a website. You need to get onto our website. I would encourage you to register with us. 
Um, I'm hearing that it's going to be busy across Scotland in 2021. Um, and as I said, fill your profile, make sure you've got a current up-to-date photograph and uh, you'll get us at gbmcasting.co.uk or you'll find us on Instagram at, at gbmcasting. Um, or just go onto our website and give us a phone. We are more than happy to take phone calls. Uh, people always phone and say, sorry to bother you. You're not bothering us. That's what our job is, to answer questions, make you have an understanding of what you want to do. And you know, we love engaging with our extras because we are nothing without our extras. Mm -hmm. We also thank the, uh, you for considering me worthy enough to do this podcast. It's, I think it's always useful to reflect back. And you know, I hope that we can you know, continue to support young people that's something that's really important for GBM casting is that people need to use the GBM casting brand to move forward and springboard into their own success. Definitely. I think this has been fascinating to hear about. Casting uh, of extras is something that I'm just not even, hasn't really been a thought uh, too much when you watch movies. But again, hearing about all the work that goes on behind it as I learn with every episode, every interview here of any aspects of filmmaking just makes you appreciate it so much more. Yeah, um, by watching things like Boardwalk Empire, you'll not be watching the main characters, you'll be watching all the extras now just to see, you know, that was a real example of, you know, a, an amazing background. Uh, so this has been the 22nd episode of Making It Women of Film. Thank you so much for listening. If you want anything in the meantime, until the next episode, you can go follow us on Instagram at Making It Women in Film, where we post lots of different things, you know, discussions, conversations, statistics, recommendations, news, all of that good stuff. So please go check that out. And make sure to stay tuned for next week's episode. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Bye.